Hey everybody, Josh Sheridan here at the Barely Legal Podcast. On today's show, we have uh, our first honest-to-goodness judge. Uh, I'm a little bit nervous. Uh, on today's show, we have Judge Margaret Taylor. How are you? I'm fabulous. How are you? Do I call you Margaret or, or what do you, what do you Margaret call you? Would be Margaret Judge Mar Taylor, Your Honor? Margaret's fabulous. Right. I'm, I'm already at wanting a recess or wanting to object <laughs> to something. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I have known you for, gosh, pretty much the entirety of my career. I was trying to think back the first division that you were in when I started, and I thought you were down where Judge Myers was, or at least you were down at that end of the hallway. Is that right? Yes, Division B, and misdemeanor. That wasn't domestic violence, though. That was just a regular division, right? Correct, regular division. You've been in domestic violence now for how many years? Uh, I think I'm going on my third. And is this your first time in domestic violence, or is this your second go-around? First time. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I have this tendency to kind of start in the middle or end of people's career and then go back to the beginning, and I'm still working on my transitions for that. But are you a Florida native, or? Well, my... My entire family's from Lakeland. Okay. But I was born in Asheville, North Carolina, when my parents lived up there for a short period. Oh, Nashville, North Carolina is my favorite. Do you ever go back? I have not been back since I was about six or seven. Oh God, I highly recommend it. They have is it the Vanderbilt House, or and then it's become like Napa for all the cool breweries. Uh, my wife and I went up there last March, and it was so much fun. I wanted I wanted to look about uh, taking the bar up there, but you can't wave in. You got to sit for the bar, and gotcha. I just don't know if I have that in me. So how long were you in North Carolina before you moved? Uh, let's see. My, my parents were up there. I was born in North Carolina. Well, born in Asheville. We moved to Charlotte, moved back to Asheville. My sister was born. Then my parents divorced, and my mom moved back to Lakeland. So, so about about five or six. So just you and a sister? Just my sister and me. And is she here locally? Or yes. Is she? Okay. Yeah, she's in Tampa. What does she do? Um, she is a stay-at-home mom who is also on one of the Florida Bar Grievance Committees, believe it or not. Oh, so, really? And she's at the courthouse right now doing some tours, and I'm with you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Is she an attorney? No. Oh, no okay. No. Wow, the, the, the Florida Bar Grievance Committee just sends chills up and down my spine. Um, so uh, you went to, did you go to high school down here? I went to high school in Lakeland okay. at Santa, Santa Fe Catholic Regional. Okay. And then where did you go to undergrad? Well, I, I did one semester, if you will, at Florida Southern, and okay. that didn't work out so well. So okay. then I went to UCF for a couple of years. You went to UCF? For a few years, yes. This show is becoming a UCF who's who. You're like the fifth guests on not that long of a list of people who UCF, at least alumni in some degree. What years were you at UCF? Ooh, um, that would have been 85, 86. So interestingly, Scott Bonavita, who's running for Group 31, who I just interviewed before you, he went to UCF at that exact same time. Wow. So you guys probably knew each other. Could be. That was a fertile a fertile class <laughs> for uh, Hillsborough County judges. So um, so would you say Santa, Florida Southern, what was the name of the first one? Florida Southern, okay. then UCF, and then, um, although I would drive to Tampa to go out, and I kind of fell in love at Confetti's, if you remember Confetti's. Oh, my gosh. So I moved to Tampa and transferred and ended up at USF, uh, graduated from USF. So USF, and then from there, where did you go to law school? Went to law school in um, St. Thomas. Well, not in St. Thomas, in Miami. The law school's name is St. Thomas. That's where Scott went. To. Wow, this is weird. Yeah, so in, in any event, so uh, when you went down there, did you start working down there first, or did you come back up this way? No, I worked down there for a while. So I was 
my third year of law school, I um, had an internship with the Federal Public Defender's Office. Okay. They kept me on. And one of the, well, <laughs> one of the main reasons I chose Miami is I'm a huge Miami Vice fan. So that, I was down there during that era. And, during the cocaine cowboy oh, era. Oh, yes. And it, it's all, it's all, it was all real. Um, and they kept me on at federal, the Federal Public Defender's Office because I have my undergraduate degree, one of them, I have a degree in marketing and one in finance. And they had just um, been appointed this new client, David Paul, who was the head of CENTRUST, C-E-N-T-R-U-S-T, Savings and Loan down there. He had been indicted. Oh, my God. So I had some real interesting cases. I bet. There was, it's funny because I remember my first time in Miami was when Miami Vice was on. And I can't remember how old I was, but I remember thinking that at any moment there was going to be an Uzi shootout on the corner and was just scared to death. And like I, that, that show was the only understanding I had of Miami. And, and it took me years to be able to go back without uh, being scared that I was going to die. So it was a very exciting time to live down there. I, I, I bet. I bet. So federal, federal public defender's office, that, that's interesting. You know, I've, I've never even really contemplated that that exists. I know a lot of people who do the federal state attorneys or the, what do you call it, U.S. Attorney's Office. So it would be the public defender who would be going up against U.S. US attorneys, right? Right, the U.S. attorneys. Okay. And the cases, I, I mean, I, I'm seriously not making this stuff up. I did a lot of first appearance bond hearings. I had a guy who uh, imported himself in from South America in a gorilla outfit and had <laughs> kilos of cocaine between the you know the gorilla fur and his body, and the only, and he got through everywhere, except he was getting ready to leave. Um, he's in a cage, the whole thing at at Miami International, and some customs agent just thought, "Wow, something's that, not right about that guy in a gorilla outfit." <laughs> he didn't smell. Oh, he didn't have the gorilla stink. Yeah. Boom, he got popped. Wow. Um, I had an IRA arms case. Oh wow. From they were shipping arms from. Phoenix through Miami to Dublin, and to Dublin to Dublin. So for the IRA. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! And it was very interesting because everybody in Miami was so focused on the Argentinians and the Central Americans and the South South Americans that Ireland wasn't even on their radar. They didn't care. They let the arms go through. I'm like, wait, y'all, y'all understand who this is, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't care. Go. So. Oh my gosh! I re there was one point I remember. I, I don't remember where I heard it. But there was a, a period of like a decade where if you drove around in Miami, the construction, they said something like eight out of 10 buildings that were going up were all financed with drug money. So uh, I, I don't know where they're at now. I guess they've dialed it in at least a little bit. But Well, I, my first year of law school, I'm in Burger King in Coral Gables, and it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and people are just doing lines right there on the table. Yeah, wow. Uh, it was it was an experience coming yeah. from coming from Lakeland, Florida to there. It was quite an experience. So how long did you do that? I was down there until Clinton took office. When he took office, he cut the federal budget. And since I was one of the last ones hired, I was one of the first ones to let go. Right. I stayed down there and did a trial um, with, I was hired on by Greenberg Targ to do my first jury trial, which will al always be my biggest jury trial. I don't know if any of the listeners remember Back in the 90s, um, there was a, it was on 60 Minutes, there was a large federal indictment of judges and lawyers called Court Broom, where the, they were being indicted for kickbacks. And essentially, judges were appointing criminal cases to these attorneys, and these attorneys were paying them under the table or doing some other type of 
That was your first jury trial? That was my first jury trial. Oh, my God. Trial by fire. Exactly. And they bifurcated the trial. Um, all of the judges were tried in Dade County. I was going to ask. They would have to move it around because of the Well, so they, well they, yeah. they split them. So the okay. attorneys were tried in Broward. Okay. And the judges were tried in Dade. And all of the judges were acquitted. And all of the attorneys, uh, were, convicted. attorneys were convicted. And and just it was very eye-opening to see the the demographic difference just between those two counties. Right. Wow. That's crazy. Was that your only jury trial down there? Or was that was my only jury oh, trial wow. down there. How long did that take? I, I think it was a three-week trial. But I'm sure it was a couple of years leading up to that three-week trial. It was, and they 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 did them on a case-by-case. Case. In other words, you know, it, was one, it wasn't a co-defendant case. It sure. was one. Yeah. So my client was a former municipal court judge turned defense attorney, he was in his 70s, and he would go to lunch at an Italian restaurant several times a week with a particular judge, and that particular he would pay for the lunch, and that particular judge would then send that lawyer court appointments. And so it, it all boiled down to most of the evidence were lunch, lunch receipts. receipts. <laughs> Chili, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And did the waiter serve this and who did this? And, and I learned a lot about the Italian restaurant industry as well. So, Oh my gosh. But oh my. yes, as, as you know, there's, there's not depositions in federal cases and it, it really was trial by fire. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, God, the amount of money that you get on those cases just doesn't, I mean, not that it would ever be worth it, but I mean, that's kind of small potatoes to stake your career on that. My client was the smaller of the potatoes. Okay. There were some, there were some that were, um, being handed big, big, yeah, you know, cash, cases. large wow. amounts of cash. So. Wow. Yeah. Have you watched that? Was the McMillions on uh, HBO about the uh, McDonald's scratch off game or whatever about how the mafia had that all rigged? And I have not. Yeah, it's what you're talking about. Kind of reminds me of that a little bit. So, and then after that, were you back up here to Tampa or after that? Yes. So I, um, I, I moved back to Tampa. And I was a prosecutor in Polk County, Bartow, and I would drive back and forth for two years. So was Scott. Go and ahead. <laughs> I'll keep. I'll stop doing that. But it's <laughs> it's getting weird. But go ahead. And um, then I just couldn't do the drive anymore, so I I got hired on in Hillsborough County as a state attorney and was there for several years. So let me ask you about Polk County versus Hillsborough County because myself and a lot of my friends kind of have a running theme on Polk County cases versus Hillsborough County cases. Uh, would you agree that those offices are very different places? I would agree. Yes, they're polar different. And do you think it's because of the community and, and kind of who they've uh, put into office there? Or what was your uh, perspective on that? I, I don't know that it's who you put into office over there, but it's it's a definite demographic difference. Like sure. Broward and Dade are different, okay? So, for example, in Polk County, I had frog gigging cases. Yeah. I had, you know, shooting deer at night without a light cases. Um, I had more boating under the influence cases in Polk County times a million than I ever had in Hillsborough. And I would think that I would, I would have more over here in Hillsborough just because of, of Tampa water, Bay. Yeah. Right. So different. Yeah. Yeah. And then about what year was it when you came to Hillsborough? 95. Well, okay. When Hillsborough County State's Attorney's Office, 95, 96, okay. somewhere in there. So was Mark Ober the state attorney at that time? No, or was it... Harry Coe. Okay, Harry Coe. That was right at, when did Harry Coe stop? Was it right at the end of like 97, 98? No, 95, 96? No, he stopped. 
think it was the early 2000s. Okay. I only remember over, but... Um, no, so, and Coe's, Coe's an old family friend. Well, I say that. He dated my mother right. for a short period of time, and that didn't really work out. Okay. But I ran into him at a Hillsborough County Bar Association Christmas party, and I said, hey, remember me? You know, you know, of course yeah. he didn't. It was 20 years yeah. ago. Can I have a job? Sure. He was he was really, really, really nice man. And then how long were you with Hillsborough? Was it Hillsborough a couple years? Um, maybe three? Did you get to do any murders or were you in any specialized divisions? Uh, specialized uh, drug court. Okay. And then after that, what did you do? Uh, I, I was in front of um, just a regular felony division as well. Okay. And then I left there and I went to the Hillsborough County Attorney's Office where okay. I was a senior assistant county attorney. How long? I didn't know that. What was that like? Uh, Fabulous. What, what type Amazing. of cases were you dealing with? So, Everything. I was the attorney for code enforcement. Okay. I was doing municipal bond cases okay. uh, for the county for uh, all of the affordable housing. For example, you may not know that the, the new part of the courthouse, the Edgecombe Courthouse, was all built with um, municipal bonds. I did not know that. Which are based on being paid back by uh, court fees. Oh, wow. So... That's very cool. I had a little a little stint there dealing with county attorneys in both Hillsborough and Pinellas because I was uh, representing Uber drivers when they were getting cited for uh, violating the codes on you know driver for hire and all that stuff, which is pretty much tapered off. But, right. Right. But yeah, that that's that 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 job is kind of multifaceted. You kind of occupy a lot of territories with that. A lot of territories. Ter territory. Territory. Yes. A lot territories. of territory. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did phosphate law. You didn't probably didn't know that existed. I didn't. Uh, historic resources. Did you get to do any of the strip club stuff? No. Okay. I didn't do that. Okay. Dina did that over in, in uh, Pinellas County, so that was fun. I got to talk to Joe Redner a little bit about that when he yeah. was in here. So how long did you do that for? Eight years. Okay. So that where does that put us? Right before I be, that puts us in 2005. And is that around the time you ran? Well, I got appointed first. You got appointed. Okay. Who was, was that Charlie Crist or who was the? Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush. Okay. So when you were appointed, did you come right into misdemeanor or were you doing injunctions or where was it that you started? I, I started in misdemeanor. Yes. Okay. And since, since, God, so you've been on for how long now? Since November 1 of 2005. There were several new judge spots, new, new ones that right. were um, created in 2005. And I was very blessed to get one of those. Wow. So we're going on 15 years now. That's crazy. Okay. So has it, has it always been misdemeanor? You, I remember you did PP court for a little bit. Did you do... With the exception of one year in civil, county okay. civil, and one year doing PP court, it's always been misdemeanor. And now you've been in domestic violence for about three years. And you're coming up on a re-election this year, right? Correct. But no one's entered the race against you. No, not yet. Well, I I think that's a good thing. They know that they can't win, so they they're not put they're not putting their hat in the ring. Well, I, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. How do you like domestic violence? I like it. I like it a lot, actually. It's um. It's it's interesting. Yeah. It's misdemeanor domestic violence. Right. If it's and I'm not, I mean obviously any domestic violence it's is bad. Yeah. If it's if it involves serious bodily injury or something significant, it's not going to be in front of me. Right. So I went to uh, Stetson with Holly Grissinger, uh, who is now Judge Grissinger, and she's in Division R over in Pinellas County. Uh, when I started at the state attorneys over there, it was Pat Cadell, who was uh, well known for being kind of a cowboy. And then uh, that division's changed hands a lot. But I, since I, I've gotten some cases over in Pinellas County, and she's really just done 
some pretty impressive things. I don't know if I agree with all of them, but some pretty impressive things. For instance, in Pounds County, I don't know how much this happens in your division, but they've gotten really big on ankle monitors for anybody who's released on any kind of bond over there. Are you, do you see that over here in your division? Not so much. It's more in severe cases that that would come up? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's such a that's such a tough thing because, you know, primarily I do family law, and so a lot of times my cases have a component of the domestic violence, and... Uh, it's my experience, both as a former prosecutor, defense counsel, and now in family law, that so often these things happen uh, in a vacuum, which is to say there's not witnesses, there's oftentimes not a lot of physical evidence, there's not an admission. So you find yourself in a position where it's he said, she said, which you know, a lot of times means trials because it's, it's worth it for people to, to kind of roll the dice. Or do you see that there's a higher uh, incidence of trial in this division from other divisions? My trial calendar is pretty full. Yeah. Yes. Well, then there's the other kind of play that the defense attorneys do, which is, you know, they set up for trial hoping the victim doesn't show up and then the case goes away. So, yeah, I can't, can't imagine that. You know, I've been talking to all these judges as they're coming in, talking about their uh, campaigns and why they uh, think they'll be good at the job and, and what they'll want to do. And one of the things that I've seen is a lot of times when new judges come in, they, they, they have this idea that they're going to kind of clean up the town and you know I'm gonna set everything within trial for trial within a second whatever and my I would be interested to hear your opinion on this but I kind of feel like the ship writes itself after a period of time there's just kind of a way that it's got to happen and as, as many good ideas as you have it's really just gonna kind of happen the way it needs to happen is that oh I agree completely it, it the system while people may agree or disagree or find frustration with it, it it's there for a reason and it, and if it if it was broken horrendously, they would have been fixed by now. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've been another thing that I've been talking to the judges. I, I just kind of like this because you're on the other side of it, and all these people are prospecting. They haven't seen the other side of it, so a lot of it is kind of uh, conjecture on their part. But I think it was Leanne Gowdy was telling. It was either Leanne Gowdy or it was Greg Green, but one of them was telling me that. Uh, one of the biggest complaints from the bench is isolation, the feeling of isolation from the judges because of, you know, they come from these environments, either working for a law firm or working at the state attorney or the public defender where it's kind of a collegial atmosphere. And now you're just by yourself. And not only that, the, at the rules of ethics and everything, you, you can't really go hang out with people that much. So have you experienced that on the bench? Yes, we do kind of feel like we're in a fishbowl. Yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, it's, it's different different judges have different uh, policies that I've seen on Facebook, but some of them, like I was uh, good friends with Fred Pollack when he was an attorney over here. He was working for Regina Hunter. And then since he got on the bench over in Pinellas County, he had to get off Facebook and we don't get to talk to each other, but that would just be tough. I mean, at 15 years in, I, I figure you've probably figured out kind of a way to, to maintain and persevere, but I have to imagine that's pretty jarring in the beginning. It is. And you get your social interaction, not from, not from the job, obviously so much right. but from friends and family right now you have how many kids i have one daughter and she's going to college or in college or? she's 16 going on 35 she's i have like... seen you guys going to concerts and some other <laughs> stuff so it seems like you two are best friends now yeah she's kind of a mini me she's, awesome. she's a cool kid no yeah. she's uh she's um she's a very good athlete and she's getting ready i guess next year she'll be a senior and then she'll be off to college how is, how is the 15 years on the bench, have you seen kind of changes in what you're seeing in the private bar, either more saturation, less professionalism, uh, better advocacy? I mean, have you noticed kind of any trends since you've been on the bench? 
more saturation. Yeah. There seems to be a lot more lawyers. Yeah, that's for sure. I, I noticed that from my side. Um, as far as the state attorney's office, there was a pretty big change recently uh, from uh, Mark Ober to uh, Andrew Warren. Have you seen much of a change in how the state attorney's offices run or how they uh, attack domestic violence cases? Well, let's say prosecute domestic violence cases. No. It's my divisions run very well. Right. Um, well, with the new administration, you're going to have new ideas, and some people may like those new ideas, and some people may not. And so there have there, there's been some um, personnel changes. That's true. Yeah, and I know now he's got someone running against him. I'm trying to. Do you remember the name of the person? I don't either, so that's okay. Um, in any event, uh, so as far as your campaign, uh, are you having to do anything yet for that, or is it a situation where you wait to see if someone enters, or? Well, I, I'm, I plan on filing shortly. Okay. And not sure how, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. It seems, uh, I, I'm watching, watching what these people have to do between speaking engagements and everything else on top of running a private practice, I just... It, it, it seems insurmountable to me, so I, you know, I take my hat off to, to those people. Um, Mike Prody's running against. There you go, Andrew Warren. There you go. The end of the day on Friday, the the the, the brain kind of softens. So, uh, as far as your spare time, what do you do? Do you do you have any hobbies or things that you're involved in? Do you travel? I I love to I. I know you're a music fan. I'm a music fan. I love to travel. Um, and something that you may not know, I, we actually started officially today is I'm the chairperson for the canvassing board of Hillsborough County. So, no. So, so what it, does that entail? We have to make sure that all the votes are counted correctly. And oh, wow. And we, had, we, we started today with the presidential preference election. So you're on a board of people, or do you head up the board? Or how does that work? I'm the chairperson of the board. and each So each county in Florida has a board okay. called the canvassing board, and they're made up of the supervisor of election, a county judge, and the... Um, chairperson of the Board of County Commissioners. And the three of us go through the votes and make sure that they're they're counted properly. And how did you come upon that? Was that something you were asked to do or something you sought out? I was I was asked to do... <laughs> to I feel like every question I'm asking you is, is dancing around uh, a topic. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, so you, you may remember um, Judge Dominguez. I do. Okay, so he used to be chair of the canvassing board. Right. And so what happens is if the chair of the board of county commissioners can't serve on the canvassing board, for example, let's say the chair of the board of county commissioners is involved in their own race or another race, which is likely they, they tend to get involved in other people's campaigns, then a second county judge generally gets appointed to the canvassing board. At least that's what happens in Hillsborough County. And so that happened many, many, many years ago. And Judge Dominguez thought it'd be a great idea for me to join him on the board. Right. And so I did. And then when he retired, I kind of You got over. it, yeah. Dina, my wife Dina, she uh, had been on the board of Friends of Joshua House. And uh, she was selected this year to head up the board, throwing the big, uh, big luncheon that they do. And this year they're having a – there's this whole big thing that Friends of Joshua House might be going away. So – She's been spending all this time. We were in we were in uh, England and Scotland last week, and we were actually sitting in Windsor Castle. And Dina was on the phone for a board meeting, and they're planning this luncheon at the same time that it might not even happen because they're losing the funding from the state and then the the physical piece of property that they're on, which 
if I understand correctly, they should own, but somehow don't own for some reason is getting taken away. So, which is horrible because, you know, they, they deal with a lot of underprivileged kids uh, and, and, you know, deal a lot with the tra trafficking and right. all these different things. And, uh, and I'm, I'm really hoping it gets to happen. Another reason I'm hoping it gets to happen is they're supposed to be honoring Judge Sheehan, uh, who is near and dear to my heart uh, because, you know, I've spent a lot of time in front of her uh, in dependency and family law court, so they were going to honor her this year. But um, I, I know how much work that is, so I can only imagine for you with this, and, and not to mention the weight, no matter what side you're on of the pending elections, you know, it seems like that, that's a huge undertaking. It is, but it's fascinating at the same time. If you liked high school civics at all, this is, it's, it's, so, it's so interesting to see that, election process live and in action and and Craig Latimer just does an amazing job as supervisor here and runs everything perfect and well, it's all good. Is it New Hampshire that like they still haven't finished counting the votes? <laughs> <laughs> we will have the votes counted yeah, I promise. Yeah I, I was going to say that's they're, they're an example of what not to do so yeah it's, uh, super is it super Tuesday comes up in not next Tuesday but the following Tuesday so that should prove interesting, um, but yeah, you're you're getting in right in the thick of it. So I wish you luck with that. Thank you. Um, you don't have any websites or anything for your campaign or for not your, yet. Okay, not yet. So no. that'll all come uh, when you figure out what you have to do with that. Well, thank you so much for coming by today. It wasn't that bad, was it? No, it's over already. Wow. Thank well, you. Well, we can talk about. Well, <laughs> actually, you know what? Let's go back. Let's talk about Pink Floyd. So, because mm. I think we might have been at the same concert, which again. No, mine was a mine was a uh, the old sombrero. So here's my Pink Floyd story. Okay, I hated Pink Floyd. I couldn't stand them. Every time they came on the radio, I'd turn it off. And my boyfriend at the time got us tickets to go to see them in Orlando, where they flew the giant pink blow up pig, pig everywhere, yeah. and it was raining, and I didn't want to go. I'm fine, I'll go. It was life changing. Yeah, life changing. I've I've lost count of how many hundreds of concerts that I've been to. I mean, keep in mind, I grew up in Lakeland, and the Lakeland Civic Center was where all the bands used to play because it was on I-4 between Lakeland. What was your first concert? Ooh. Okay, now we're going to tack an hour onto this podcast. And then we're going to talk to <laughs> All right, so do you remember your first concert? No. Um, uh, no, but I can... What's the first concert you can remember? Let's ask it that way. Van Halen, probably. Really? Was it Sammy Hagar or was it? No, David, no, no, no. Oh, I saw ACDC before. You did? Yeah. Um, the only band that I haven't seen that I wish I had was Zeppelin. Yeah, that would be. I did see Plant. I saw Plant when he came to uh, USF? Tropicana. No, oh. it was Tropicana <laughs> with, the, with the Black Crows. Um, so, well, I want to finish the Pink Floyd story, but if you remember who, what your first show was, I want to hear it. Uh, but I also want to hear about Van Halen, too. So, anyways. Well, the, I, have a, I have a funny Van Halen story to tell you, but okay, so but uh, back to Pink Floyd. So anyway, the best time of my life ever. And I've been to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of concerts. I may even be going to Coachella this year. We'll Are see. you really? I, I, I'm thinking that's going to happen. Oh, wow. So n no one has lived up to Floyd. Yeah, well. Fleetwood Mac I've moved to number two a couple years ago. I'm going to tell you my Fleetwood Mac story. So, but what album was it? What, what Do you remember what tour it was for Pink Floyd? No. Would it have been like in the late 80s, early 90s, or would it have been earlier than It that? would have been around 87, 88. So that was either Division Bell or the one right before it. But, you know, I, when we were talking about you coming on the show, 
That was the second concert. So my first three concerts were the Rolling Stones, The Who, and Pink Floyd. And Pink Floyd I saw at uh, the old, uh, no, what is it called? The old Sombrero, but what was that called at the time? I'm drawing a blank. But anyway. and Campus was a, Stadium? Yeah, but there was another name for it. Hands or I, I forget. Anyway, uh, but there was a guy behind me, and I can only assume he was on acid because for the entire show, he just was looking in this guy going, show me, show me, show me. And, and it was a great show, but I, I can't listen to Pink Floyd anymore without hearing in the back of my head, show me, show, <laughs> show me, me, show me. So tell me the, the Van Halen story. I, I've been on a Van Halen kick lately. Um, David Lee Roth has been on a series of podcasts, and I've been listening to him, and then uh, Eddie Van Halen's been having on bunch of health issues so so I think this was around it was early it was in the 70s oh man that's prime I Van think. Halen was it 70 yeah it was late it was late 70s was it here in Florida it was here it was like Lakeland Civic Center. okay they were great okay so I saw I saw them fabulous wonderful I'm in Paris a couple of years ago and they had I was walking down the street some guys selling posters they had a poster from the exact concert that I went and to at the Lakeland. It, it, well, you? no, but it was it was oh, the promo. Show, yeah. It was that show from oh, Lakeland okay. Civic Center, the promo poster. So I bought it, of course. That that, that would be huge. That would I be. Don't, how weird was that? And you're in Paris, and there's Lakeland. That's, it's just that's very cool. That's very cool. It was funny. What my wife and I we went to Paris, um, and uh, we were walking around, and uh, we went in the hotel, and I went up to get a, a drink at the bar, and I turned around, and there was a guy uh, kind of talking to her a little bit and uh, I looked at him I was like god he looks familiar and uh, later on we went up to the front desk and I said is that guy somebody and I said yeah that's Gerard Depardieu and, I, and we said literally the only French actor that we know you got hit on in, in the lobby and they're like yeah he comes in and hangs out in our lobby and like talks to people so that's something that he does um, so it's pretty funny that's but, funny uh, what shows have you gone to recently recently uh, Post Malone Oh, that's right. You go, not, the, you go to a lot of the hip-hop shows. That's because I have a kid. But Well, yeah, but you, I remember, was it Pan Eminem or there was Panic somebody? at the Disco. Panic at the Disco. I've seen them several times. They're to die for. 1975, love. Um, but, yeah. You said, I remember you said 1975 recently was one of your one of your top bands. But how was Post Malone? Posties, now, I love them. Yeah. Did he do the Aussie song? He did do that, yes. Did they have Ozzy like on a big screen or something? Or how yes, did they pipe I, them I, in? I, he, oh, it was just, that. this is what's so weird about yeah. this genre's concerts. Uh -huh. you, you have a guy on stage and a guy mixing. Yeah. Like I saw Drake, yeah. same thing. There's Drake, there's a guy in the corner mixing. It's, it's like a one-person Big old open sh stage, yeah. <laughs> right. Wait, I don't what? mind that type of music, but seeing it live, I have a hard time with unless there's like, like Justin Timberlake was cool because... You know, all the dancing and the dancing. Oh, I would love to see JT. We saw him with, uh, who's the, the girl that's on The Voice? Um, she was really big with Britney Spears at the time. She was like the Britney's like counterpart. Jessica? No. God, I, I feel like I'm having early onset dementia, but she's... She, we all are. Yeah. <laughs> it's Friday She's one of the judges on The Voice, but anyway, yeah, that show was really good. And then we saw Bruno Mars. I, I'm sure you went to Bruno Mars. I saw Bruno Mars in the Bahamas at Ooh. Atlantis in 2007 so right before right before he got really really right big. before he got really big and it we're in this 
area. It was a smaller venue then, I guess. Oh, it was an area where you would have a wedding reception. Yeah. I mean, it, you could, it was a large wedding reception, but right. we all sat on those conference chairs. It wasn't even set up. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That's it was, really cool. It was cool. awesome. So Coachella, huh? Mm-hmm. Wow, I, I I know I've read the lineup, but I don't know I don't. Um, Rage in the Machine. Rage Against the Machine, which you know those tickets are selling for like a thousand dollars now, and everybody's giving them flack because they're anti-capitalist and their tickets are like as much as the Rolling Stones. But Calvin Harris is going to be there, and I missed him. I had tickets to go see him in Las Vegas two years ago, and it, I, I just, it was New Year's Eve, and it just it was. Too oh. difficult to go from the hotel I was in uh-huh. to where he was. It was just it was just going to be a nightmare. So yeah. I, I didn't see him. But I did um, see David Guetta in Vegas. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, did you get uh, Guns N' Roses or Rolling Stones? They're both coming in uh, July and August. I've seen the Stones enough yeah, that, you can... that I don't want to tarnish that memory that right. I have of them, yeah. if you know yeah. what I'm saying. I do know what you're saying. <laughs> That's definitely been a, a calculus that I've been going through because I saw them. So that was my first concert. Uh, it was a Steel Wheels tour. Again, it was at the old... Uh, sombrero and I remember so I'm an only child my both my parents were school teachers and my mom sweetest woman in the world uh, a friend's mother was taking us to it and she packed a cooler the size of this table with like sandwiches from Publix chips Gatorade sodas all this other stuff and she dropped me off at their house and they're like are they leaving you here for the rest (laughs) of your you know School career, like where do they think you're going? But that was my mom's idea of what you brought to a, a concert. So, but they did a uh, was it brown sugar or whatever? But they had the two inflatable prostitutes on either side of the stage, and then uh, they had like it was a two story thing, and Mick Jagger was up on the top dancing around. You know, that's a that's a hard show to have be your first show because you know not many of them are gonna live up to that. After. Absolutely, but absolutely. Anyway. Well, okay. Well, we could go on and on about music but thank you so much for coming by today i thank really appreciate it yeah you're my first judge in here so i, I got Yay. through it without freaking out too badly <laughs> it's we're normal people i know you are i know you are but yeah i, I, I have to i have to stand when you leave the uh studio here today <laughs> no, so. all right thank you so much for coming by and thank you all right bye-bye